She's on a podcast. She's gonna make it last. We are sick bitches getting money, drinking tequila, scanning margaritas. If you wanna get in the feeler of the season that is housewives eating all that sour cream and chives. Hello, hello, I'm sorry. Yes, I, I apologize. It's Kelechi Azier, your host of Cake and Kombucha. And I just, the the absolute literal nature of the music that's happening for a bunch of these franchises right now is hilarious. I mean, before Sutton Store opening, it was like, I work hard, I get the things that I deserve, or something like that. And then before the Taco Tuesday night, the music was like, I stay up with my girls all night, or something like that. <laughs> I have to keep working. I have to keep refining it. But I'm not going to hold you, child. I'm not going to keep you here long for today because it is the holidays and I need to put myself on a timeout and go to sleep. A lot's been going on. Very exciting developments for 2024. And just closing out the year as best as I can. And preparing to go and see my little nephew, who is the most scrumptrulescent, just butterball turkey, little caramel drop. Oh my goodness, he's so cute. I'm an auntie. I'm finally an auntie, guys. Let's see if I can make the rich part happen, and then I'll live my rich auntie dreams. Um, yeah, I'm leaving for South Bend, Indiana. Um, South Bend is a very... Interesting place I've never heard of before, Mayor Pete. And by interesting, I, I don't mean interesting. I just mean it. It exists, and it's small, and there's a university. Um, let's get into it. Doritos needs to get smacked, okay? And I don't usually advocate for violence, only 50% of the time. But cor cor corporeal punishment, is it corporeal or corporal? Because... Corporeal was like your body, but then corporal was like, in the army, do you get smacked in the face? I actually realize I don't know. I'm going to Google it. Okay, I had to Google the etymology of that phrase really quick, and it turns out, yeah, corporal means the same thing as corporeal in that instance. Um, the more you know. Okay, yeah, homegirl needs to get it smacked. I'm done. I'm done with it. Um, I'm especially angry because her hair in the scene where she was acting like a total ass is glorious. It's, you know, it's weave. It's not hers, but it is her. She bought it. Um, but I just need to know who dyed it because I love that ash color with the kind of light money piece blonde in the front and then the grayish brown caramely warm melty. Mm. It's really good. It brings out her big doe eyes that hide a big empty head so let's just jump right to taco tuesday first and we'll see whatever we we get into after that um with me watching the clock because like i said i'm not gonna hold you i know you have things to do so the where does the where does it start how far back do we have to go okay so we're at taco tuesday importantly another black woman comes to crystal's house 
I was really excited because she just looks like, I mean, she's lovely and beautiful, but she looks like a regular woman. She didn't get her, you know, she has braids in that look like they've been in for like four weeks already. Like maybe she went on vacation with them. Like she's a regular looking woman, but the flexes apparently only, Crystal only hangs out with other young, attractive women with old, white, uh, wealthy, or I don't know how wealthy he is, or successful husbands, because she just bur blurts out, um, they get in a conversation about Magic Mike, and she just blurts out, oh, she went to see the show twice because her husband was performing at the Cosmopolitan. And Kyle's like, who's your husband? And she says, Bill Burr. I screamed. I screamed because is this going to be a kind of a casting as sort of like a shakeup casting like Monica. And what I mean by that is Monica's young, doesn't give a fuck. I mean, we're about to find out she used to run a housewives blog. I mean, apparently that is the tea. A housewives as in like, I am a local to Salt Lake City, find out all the news about these women through me. She was going to be a, uh, she was gonna testify against Jen Shaw. So, just someone who's there to like shake shit up and Nia's husband Bill Burr would hate these women these women are what his comedy routines are about and you know that SNL routine that had everybody really shook um his opening so I just think it, it would be so funny if she and Bill were on the show just dragging these bitches for filth like I openly don't really like these people I'm just on this show to make a mess it would be really fun um, anyway, Dorit says, one of the ladies in our party freaked out at Magic Mike. She absolutely, she freaked out and she left the show. And that would have been fine, right? Because if you keep it anonymous, it is kind of a funny story. It is funny that what one person finds to be entertaining and innocuous is like completely salacious and overwhelming to someone else. It's funny. But instead, Messy Kyle, Kyle Kyle Crocodile and Dorito... When Nia says, why? What what got the, her upset? What got the lady upset that you're talking about? They said, we don't know. You should ask her tonight. Ask her. Ask her. <laughs> but later when Nia does the asking, Kyle is nowhere to be found in that in that moment. So um, Dorit, she was failed by a couple friends tonight, but she deserved it. And... Um, yeah, she just did everything she could to make it worse. So anyway, that conversation later in the night, that starts. Um, Sutton handles it hilariously. Again, she Sutton is just, she does not know who these young black women are that just keep coming to her. And she had to say, Nia, who are you? I don't. And then her other, what did she say about Anne-Marie? My new friend, Anne-Marie, who I have just met. I don't even know her last name. It's just all these black women are coming for Sutton. Um, but I did like that Sutton said, you know, I was in a bad headspace. And well, first she said, I didn't like the legs open with the, the head between the legs. And then everyone asked, who was it? And she's a Crystal and Erica. And then she's, but she owned it. She said, I was in a bad headspace and I ruined the night for everyone. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Now that's a kind of Southern shade that I really don't mind because it, it makes sense. I mean, stop asking me about something that was embarrassing to me. And if you don't know that I'm not really amongst friends in this situation, like you, 
you're a newcomer. You might not know the extent to which these are shady bitches. Now I've let you know, and everyone just feels slightly uncomfortable. I'm always, I am a proponent of making other people feel uncomfortable if you feel uncomfortable. I think it's very important. I think it's important to share in discomfort. So after that, Garcelle is already kind of getting wind of, wait a minute, now how did this get planted in Nia's head? And Garcelle says, who told you about that? And I you <laughs> it flashes over to Dorit looking like, uh-oh. Now, as I'm retelling this, and as I just uh, rewatched that scene, just so I could talk to you guys about it, I'm now realizing, is that the reason that Dorit had to press so hard? Because she was embarrassed, or got caught, rather, you know, being messy, bringing up the story. So then, to look righteous, she had to hammer home that Sutton is ridiculous and a hypocrite, and really just kind of sacrifice Sutton on the altar of looking silly to other people. And to do that, she continued with, you know, when Sutton says, you know, it's just not for me. Sutton says, I don't know why people, I, I don't, I don't know why people keep asking me. I don't, some people don't like mustard. Really? Some people don't like mustard? Some people don't like mustard. So I, I just, I don't go around asking them eight times a day why they don't like mustard. They just don't like it. And then Dorit says, honey, which by the way, don't ever, don't ever call me honey and not in that voice because who do you think you're talking to? And also you take too long to finish sentences for anything cunty to come out in a, in a snappy, witty fashion. So don't start with me. But she says, honey, you had your stack of $1 bills. And Sutton says, oh, but I just thought that was fun. I was just being fun. And who knows, you know, Sutton is kind of in her Marisol era with prop work and comedy and being purposely strange and just embracing that. So who, I mean, honestly, as I look back, maybe she did think it was funny or maybe she really did think she just put a one in someone's waistband and go. I don't know. So then she says, uh, so Dorit says, well, honey, no, I, I could see you getting a little lap dance and kind of trying to win the room and including the whole room in this. And everyone laughs. And that's where Dorit should have stopped. But she doesn't have mm, common sense. So she keeps going. And like I said, I think she needed to sacrifice Sutton on the altar to keep the evening about making fun of Sutton and not get back to the different things that she was dealing with. One of which was trying to confuse everyone about Crystal literally repeating verbatim what she had said about Sutton's drinking. Like Crystal repeated it like almost exactly to the word. And Dory's like, I need to go figure this out. Bitch, do you need to go look at the dailies? You need to go find the editor's room and flip back a few uh, you know, rewind the videotape, the cassette. What are you figuring out? How are you figuring out something you said? I don't like that. It's annoying, it's dishonest, and it's obnoxious. So then, after she says the lap dance comment, Sutton says, and yes, was Sutton just at this point fully in her glass menagerie? Yes, she was. She says, well, see, huh? the reason y'all think that's funny is because you couldn't imagine me doing such a thing. I don't think anyone has this picture of you 
I think, again, like, Sutton really seems to think she's this elegant Southern belle with refined manners. I mean, I guess the Southern belle part, we can believe, because she did say her hobby is telling people what to do. But I think she doesn't realize that she's weird first and prudish second. She She's much more of a weirdo than she is anything else. And weirdos can be kinky, so I don't know. But she said, no, y'all are just laughing because y'all know the, that the, the, Im the image of me doing that is ridiculous. And then Dorit, who's determined to hammer home and take her down a peg, says, oh, honey, you, would, you made out with your driver. Now, there are so many problematic class undertones to this it's very uncomfortable now sudden made out with her driver it's surprising for a lot of reasons but i think the thing that is just taken at face value is that it's surprising because it's a uh blue collar laborer who works for her i don't know if i don't know if being a chauffeur is white collar i mean they literally wear white collars so well i i don't know what color starch shirt starch whatever I, I think I was very uncomfortable when they kept saying you made up with your driver with your driver with your driver her driver is hot if that look I don't miss nothing when I don't miss Nan when it comes to a cute man okay and they definitely put up a title card with his name a couple weeks ago there was a cute young black driver and they they showed his name and I wondered why would they show his name is he are they close are they going to be friends like Bethany and her driver so I mean if that is a driver she made out with I'm gagged young man you better get your coin like he's on that like Madonna tip like you better get your coin sir but I just I live um but anyway they all just kind of acted aghast and I wasn't just shocked because it was Sutton it was it was a it was condescending in all manner of ways. It was like shocked that Sutton has like sexual urges, and it was also because she uh, slept with a or made out with a proletariat, a lumpen proletariat worker. Um, so Dorit says this in front of everybody. Sutton doesn't know those other women, and yes, later they'll watch TV and see it, but that doesn't mean you're not mad at somebody for what they do in the moment that you can tell is cunty. And it was very obvious that Dorit was just trying to take her down a peg and be like, hey, you're not, you are sexual, you are this, you are that. And I don't like prudish people, so I kind of understand that impulse. When, But it never really seemed like Sutton was judging anyone that much. It was very much clear that she was having her own nervous breakdown. And even tonight in that conversation, it didn't seem like Sutton was look son didn't come in the room and say hey you jezebel whores with your legs spread all over vegas stages she just she didn't say anything about it so if you press her and she says well i wasn't comfortable with this who was it well it was these people i mean you know so i i have dory was clearly just trying to take her down a peg and garcelle clocked it and garcelle says hey 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 now Dorit, i feel like now that was between me and Sutton and Erica. And you're, I feel like you're just saying it to, to embarrass her in front of everyone. And Dorit loses it. Like she does every time Garcelle mildly course corrects or calls her out on anything. Dorit gets this look in her eyes, like a feral 
wig beast and is just, you know, no, Garcelle, no, no. To embarrass her, I just, everyone, we were all laughing. We were all laughing, which is the most juvenile and ridiculous analysis of human behavior. You were in that conversation because you literally said, what did I miss? I heard you had these nice, you had nice drinks without me. They all went out without you. And then they bring up something that they talked about without you, in the comfort of not you. And then you bring it up again like it's your tidbit of information. And also, even in that moment, she was just like screaming it. And it's like Erica already said it kind of loud because, you know, she's, she's a showbiz. She's a showbiz. So Erica said it loudly. That's, that's the joke. That's right there. And she says, I'm sorry, I said it so loudly. Boom. But then Dorit, like, screams it again. You made out with your driver. You made out with your driver. You made out with your driver. <gasps> it's like, what are you adding by just yelling and repeating things, ma'am? <sighs> so she, she, she's messy. She was a mess. So then she gets very agitated that Garcelle has said this. And she says, you know, I said, we were, have, we were all having a good time. And Garcelle, uh wisely obviously factually says well if you have to keep saying we're having a good time it might not be a good time <laughs> which is facts facts as the children like to say no cat and then Dury goes oh, well hold on Garcelle because I just feel like you know I just you're attacking me why are you attacking me and Garcelle her eyes roll all the way back before the Haitian Revolution. They just roll all the way back into her head and then Toussaint Louverture picks them up and brings them back to her so she can pop them back in again. It was an ancestral cry of weariness and frustration. <sighs> One of those. It was just her eyes roll so hard and she said, this girl, oh, she says, first of all, let's get for the record. I didn't attack you. I merely disagree with you. And she said, well, I just felt like you were, I just felt like you were suggesting that, and she really had to search for the word suggesting instead of, what, can I ask? Who is more clear than Garcelle? Like, what is, if, what, what kind of more direct statements do you need? I don't feel comfortable having you talk about my family. Keep my name out your, keep my son's name out your motherfucking mouth. And then you're like, I don't know. I felt like you were just kind of saying you didn't want me to send Thank you notes to your family. I'm not sure what, like, what's not clear. She said, Dorit, even when she retranslates things to herself, it's almost like she, the gears are already working to make it confusing so that it can be more confusing later. So she says, it seemed like you were trying to suggest that I was trying to be mean to Sutton or take or, you know, mock her or embarrass her. And Garcelle says, no, I wasn't suggesting that. That's what I said. That that is what I. That's what I think. Well, what? That's why it seems like you're attacking me. And so you know, Garcelle's like that word. This girl. That word. 
attack. And then Garcia uh, says, well, what word should I use then? If not just a bitch, there's a dictionary, okay? You speak seven languages or some shit. You speak Connecticut. You speak made up uh, British accent, Euro trash pop star. You can find another word for when you feel discomfort. Also, every time you feel discomfort does not mean that someone did something to you. It, it might just mean you made an ass out of yourself and you just have to sit in it. And you make an ass out of yourself a lot, so I don't know why it's so hard with Garcelle. But she, I mean, I do know why. I know why. So she, she even like reaches her hand um, over to Garcelle's chair and put rests her hand on the chair, which I also thought was like, that was just comfortable. Just get in someone's space and tell them, well, what word should I use? Bitch, if you don't get out of my face right now. And Garcelle is visibly leaning to the side away from this. So, you know, she can also feel the body, you know, the I'm now encroaching on your boundaries because I am demanding this thing of you, black woman. I'm demanding you explain, forgive, um, give me, you know, a hall pass for what I did right now, blah, blah, blah. And Dorit, I mean, Garcelle and her leaning to the side says, I just, I don't know, but with your privilege, I just... I can't with your privilege. And then everyone in the room is like, um, everyone's faces were mortified. I, I will say I don't like that the word privilege has become a stand-in for white privilege. Um, people have different types of privileges. I'm, I'm not, you know, differently abled. So I have, you know... Ability privilege in terms of walking, you know, people have different types of privileges. I think we need to be really clear when we're talking about white privilege, but also telling people they did something racially insensitive when they do something racially insensitive makes their head explode. And you have to spend so much time comforting them afterwards that as a people, as black people, we're kind of been gaslit out of being direct at this point. So it's like not worth the time. I don't have time for the cleanup duty. Um, so she says privilege, but everyone knows that it just means you fucked up in a in a racial way. And so they just all, they just all brrr, record scratch. Dorit's eyes, I didn't know her eyes could get any wider, but they widen even more. Like, what does that mean? What do you, what do you think it means? Do you need a, tr do, do you need like some sort of closed captioning or like what? Well, I'm trying to think, or what is it at the at the opera where they have the uh, translation up in the air um, on the screen? Like, what what do you need to help you understand very, like, for the most part, direct things that are said to you? Do you need time? Do you need to press pause? You just can't process it in real time? Like, what's going on in there? Hello? What's, in, what's going on in that head? So she just says... She says, uh, what is that? What does that mean? Erica pipes it. It means you're white. It means you're white. And so those words have a different meaning. It's not the same thing as when you, when you, you don't say something like that to a black woman. You just don't. And then in, in her confessional, she says, those words have a very specific meaning. And it's not the same thing to say it to a black woman. And I appreciate the not the same thing. Because America is going to go to hell in a handbasket. It already is with confusing equality with equity till the day we die. I mean, I mean, you know, Martin Luther King hated while he was alive. 
assassinated and then immediately after his entire message warped to we can't see we don't see color and all this bullshit like things are not the same if you do them and I see a lot of that on Twitter like well what if I did this what if I did the same thing to you or what if a black person did if a white person did this you would be up in arms and that is just denying that there is a hierarchy a racial hierarchy so I appreciate that Erica from the south can just say it's not it's insulting when I do this to you and it's not you know it's a different connotation duh now what this has led to is a whole bunch of people on Twitter <sighs> being like, well, what other words can't we use? We can't use the word attack, 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 attack. But that actually gave me a brilliant idea, which is we should just come up with a different racial slur than the N-word. We should say that it's the most offensive thing that anyone could ever say. And then we can like divert everyone's desire to be racist to that word and take the heat off the N-word. So you know rappers would be like scooby-doos what's up my scooby-doos like it could be like a scooby-doo that's the worst thing you could say then everyone would start saying that um but back to the point attack is not the problem is not the word attack it's the misuse of the word in that context the problem is that garcelle's not attacking you and for you to say, act like she's some big Haitian thunder from down under that's like scaring you and being aggressive is playing into all sorts of negative racial tropes that are tale as old as time that were created to imply that black people are dangerous because when we were, um, when slavery was abolished, there was a, a huge threat of like, what are these people going to do? These people that we've mistreated so badly and abused, are they going to come kill us all in our sleep? Are they going to be violent? And so it's like, no, we have to heavily police them. We have to create Jim Crow laws. We have to have in the 13th Amendment that the only forced labor can happen in prison. Then we have to find ways to get them in prison and we have to create pro propaganda that they're all more prone to crime and 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 irresponsible and lazy even though they like built the country and things like that so that's why in a nutshell it's it's a problem to perpetuate this idea and we all live it every day Beyonce talked about it in Renaissance I cried she can't even get things done for for her shit without people playing games with her and then she has to be extra assertive and then they have to then she's a bitch um it's just being a black woman and like it's already been explained to Dorit 50, 11 times. And that's why I don't think it's a matter of not grasping like concepts of, you know, BLM and that the world has changed. As Garcelle says in her confessional, Gar Dorit lives in her own bubble. You know, we're all woke. We're aware now. And that's interesting, right? Like, in some ways, the cultural meter has shifted. There is, there has been good conversation. There has been movement and people understanding that certain patterns and tropes exist and that they're harmful, that they are detrimental to just, you know, black people living their lives unbothered. That has happened. But I feel like Dorit's problem is more internal than that. Um, she, she, she merely does, she doesn't like when black women, um, talk to her with, uh, any sort of 
authority or assertiveness or, you know, course correct or, or contradict her. She said that her black role models were, well, I think allegedly her mom might have had like a quarter black friend or something. <laughs> but she said that she ha her her staff is black people, is people of color. That's what she said when she was discussing how she couldn't be racist and her kids couldn't be racist because they have black servants. So she I think she's genuinely like when Garcelle talks to her, she's just like, is there some garment you could be steaming or why her inner monologue is like, I see her lips moving, but she's not walking to my closet to reorganize my shoes. I see that she had time to have this little movie premiere, but why aren't my stairs polished? Like, honestly, it's got to be that because she has a hair trigger response to Garcelle and Garcelle alone. She does not feel free to jump bad with the other people this way. And we saw it when Garcelle made the comment about her sons and Dorit immediately says, that happened a year ago. It's that thing of not extending the same humanity um, to a black woman for her sensitivity, for her hurt feelings as you would to yourself. You told her her kids being hunted down by bots was a year ago. And yet you are still wanting to be warned when there will be human beings at film openings because that makes you nervous, except if it's the Bellagio in Las Vegas. So hunger needs to get smacked. Like it's, it's enough. Um, oh, and then the other, the trifecta Karen Gaslight was when she then, she swooped down for the alley-oop of a, Garcelle, I did not mean to say anything that hurt you or offended you in any way. I would like to have a conversation. No. Uh, no. Because uh, Garcelle was just like, I'm good. I'm good. Garcelle, I'm good. Garcelle, I'm good. Garcelle, I'm good. Garcelle, it's not my job to educate you. And the room was like, ooh, ciao. It's not. It's not my job to educate you, but I also think even more personally for this specific relationship, you know what you're doing and you've already been told. It's one of those now. It's not an education. Education is not the issue. You know what you did and I'm not going to sit with you and talk in circles with you because I have better things to do with my life than to sit and have you gaslight me the way you're trying to gaslight Crystal and Sutton about things that you said. Um, and then it flips to that, you know, because before she'd been trying to like sidle up to Garcelle and talk shit about Crystal and say, you know, Crystal's pissing me off. She's saying that I said Sutton drink. You did say that. What are you talking about? What are you pissed off about? And this better not be one of the things at the reunion where Andy's like, it seems like you did say that thing. And then they show the clip and there's absolutely no reaction from the women. Like, I want these people to be dragged. Which brings me to my other point. I also read some comments that said, this is why I like my housewife segregated. Now, I'm not going to lie, quite as it's kept, there is a utility to that. And it's to avoid... Um, not necessarily talking about race because I don't, I don't, I live my life being like, oh my God, is I can't hear about race. Although sometimes it can become too much. And sometimes it's not the platform to have serious conversations because no one has the depth. 
I think it's just, it's not necessarily like these things. It's just like, can women who fundamentally don't respect each other really be friends? And when, you know, you want to see people letting their hair down and, and things like the Trace Amigas and stuff like that. And that, I don't know, for a certain age group, I feel like that doesn't happen intra-racially that much. Um, now for like my generation, for millennials who grew up, you know, side by side with people of different backgrounds, um, post-segregation, post, you know, the vestiges of segregation, although a lot of schools in America are actually actively segregated, um, I think that can be different. I definitely have like sister friends who are white and they're by ride or dies, you know? Um, that's a normal thing for my generation. I don't know about, I don't know about these older women, although it's very, what is very interesting is that I also see discourse about how Garcelle's not a real like ally. She's not for the people cause she, she flip flopped on Crystal when Crystal was trying to speak her truth. Look, Garcelle is just, um, she's not super, she's not Gaia from, uh, Captain Planet. She's not mother earth. She's just her. I don't know why she, look, I think she has more in common with Sutton than Crystal. I think it, they have a familiarity. I think their age, they're being divorced moms. I think they bonded in such a way that they had a friendship that, uh, Garcelle said, oh, okay. As long as she didn't say the N word, I'm going to go mitigate her racism on my own. I will talk it through. Um, and I think that that is interesting because people are complex and, I also think we make these kind of choices of what kind of racism we're going to deal with a lot as black people. I mean, dare I say daily? So I don't, I don't, I'm not mad she, she chose Sutton for a closer friendship. I don't like that she um, downplayed what Crystal had said because it was very, all of it was victim blaming and awful. You know, if you, you have to go ahead and say it, you have to say this like this. I mean, that whole season was like, it is your responsibility to, Make sure we don't think white women are racist because that is worse than anything that could have been said or done to you. No one, no, I don't know anybody care about actually not being racist. Um, so yeah, she was, she got called out for that and it started kind of going back and forth. And then there was another name on callback when she said, what was the question? Why did you bring it up? Why did you bring it up? Why did you bring it up? What? And she purses her lips afterwards. Why did you bring it up? Why did you bring it up? It's like a Meisner exercise because it's a different intention every time she does it. It's very, um, very masterful. It's like, I don't know what she's focusing on. She's like fo focusing on some other point on in the room. It really is like an exercise the son's doing by herself. And then Dorit yells, stop asking me that and not giving me a chance to respond. Um, but I mean, ultimately Dorit, runs away in shame because she then clumsily just with no no decorum no grace no sleight of hand she just says well what about you and erica and denise like i was like this is not a good transition honey so she literally just started another fight she just announced another fight and then after that she said she was getting an Uber and going home. But she's since posted on Instagram that she's happily living in her bubble with a picture of her heavily, heavily tanned. I thought it was me. Um, and it's in the outfit from this night, but just she just like painted herself like, I guess, four shades darker in the filter. 
And it's the 90 supermodel sweater with the nice hair. And it's and she said, happily living in my bubble. Yeah, bitch, we know you're happily living in your bubble. It's a it's a your bubble is about to burst uh, economically as well. So pay your taxes and uh, yeah, just try to join us in the world of the living when you get a chance. Um, other thoughts from this episode. Kyle is wearing a harness. If you know, you know, if you know, you know, get you some gay friends, get you some queer lady friends. Kyle is wearing a harness. So again, she's literally either coming out or maybe she is turning into Morgan for real, which Dorit says. Um, and then I also wanted to note that Dorit is already sad because she said she feels like she's being replaced by Morgan. And it's, it's really sad to feel like a friend is replacing you. But what's even sadder is having one of the most important friendships in your life being Kyle. That's what's sadder. Um, choose better. Choose better. Choose less vapid. You won't end up in these situations. Uh, also, Kyle confessed that she is icing Dorit out on purpose because she's disappointed that Dorit didn't drag her sister to hell during the reunion because she was comforting Kyle in private, but that on the floor of the reunion, she attempted to like try to broker peace. <laughs> I mean, Dorit does like to narrate things that no one asked her to, but in this case, she was actually trying to help because I do think Kyle could have squashed some of the beef with her sister if she merely apologized back. And so Kathy was in the, you know, Kathy was saying, I've been hurt by things too. Things have hurt me too. And Kyle's just in her self, you know, her completely, her little glass cage of emotion with her anxiety. I'm just scared. I'm really like, you're not going to talk to me anymore. I'm so scared. I'm scared. <laughs> and then Dorit says, I think she's saying she would like you to apologize for some things too. And Kyle just whips out of the tears. I want you to butt out of this conversation between me and my sister. This very private conversation we're having in front of 1.2 million viewers. Butt out. So that is very petty. That I, Again, Kyle, how in the world you want loyalty from your friends against your sisters who you then get sad that they don't want to talk to you anymore? It's a tangled web that you wove for yourself. But um, that's it for me. There's more I could say about this episode, but I don't want to drone on too long alone. Instead, I will dangle that I have a co-host that's coming in January. And I think you all will really, really like them. They're awesome. And they have an absolutely exhaustive knowledge of the entire Bravo canon. So get into it for January. We're going to be covering Vanderpump, of course. How could we not? We're going to be covering some Real Housewives girls trip. I don't think we're going to do every episode, but just give us, give you some notes. And, um, I mean, on that note, I don't think Dorit should get fired because every show needs a racist, right? Like an open one. Like Ramona. Uh, New York Housewives would not have been what it was, OG Housewives, without Ramona. But what, here's what I will say. I need her to get dragged. So to close, like I opened, a drink in the face, a smack, a bitch, you're just not going to talk to me like that anymore. Like, shut the fuck up with this attacking shit. 
someone needs to shut her down. No one really cusses each other out properly. It's more, I've, I'm estranged. I'm not talking to this person. We need a goodbye, goodbye Dorit. We need one of those. She needs, she needs like to be humbled in a way that I haven't seen yet. And instead, you know, she's, she feels humbled already because Garcelle is speaking and she just doesn't understand when black people speak to her. But we need like an actual cussing out. And so if someone would read her for filth, I'm all there for that. I don't know how I'm going to feel about it, her continuing to get away with this. That's what I can say for that. All right. Well, happy holidays. I kind of mixed announcements in with more discussion, but I hope you enjoyed this episode and the season so far as much as I have. And I hope you're enjoying the return of Cake and Booch, the Bravo, Bravo, and Bravo edition. I am so excited to keep creating content for you in this new year. And we're going to be looking out for Instagram videos, TikTok. So it's going to be much more interactive. You'll actually get to see my face again, which I mean, I have various feelings about that every day when I see my face, but hopefully you like that too. Um, have a wonderful holiday, whatever you're celebrating. Kwanzaa, Christmas, Hanukkah, prayers and blessings to everybody. I hope you make it safe to your family or your friends fram or your family wherever you're going, wherever you're going to be, and just enjoy some nice time of respite, music, contemplation, cocoa, coffee, coffee talk. Just, just relax. All right. I'll see you in the new year. Love you. Bye. Cake and Kombucha, a Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo podcast, is hosted and produced by yours truly, Kelechi Azia. Please, I want to hear all of your Bravo opinions. So if you have something you want me to cover or you just want to initiate a conversation, feel free to email me at cakeandkombucha at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Cake and Kombucha, a Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo podcast or Kelezie, K-E-L-E-Z-I-E. Ta-ta for now.